Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. Hey, Waiting Warriors, welcome to another week on the podcast. This week, I have another one of my good friends for you guys. Her name is Kara. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, So Kara has been married to her soldier for nine years. She has three kids and then is a fantastic photographer. And I have to say, that's not like what she wrote in her bio. That is my testament. She did some really cute pictures for me and the girls while Austin was gone And it was really, really cute, guys. I'm very, very happy about it. But um, so, Kara, I want to hear kind of your story. How did you meet your soldier? Was he already in the military or did he join after? Um, So my husband was already in the military. He was actually deployed with my cousin um, in Afghanistan. And I got a call from my cousin while they were over there and said, when we get home, would you want to go to the military ball with my buddy. And I'm like, ah, well, I was in Florida finishing up college at the time. They were at Fort Bragg. So I'm like, I'm going to have to fly up on a blind date for three days. Um, so I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. But then all my friends were like, you can't tell a soldier coming home from war. No. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, I accepted and I ended up going and, um, we connected right off the bat and six months later we were married so that is so awesome yes so it was it was meant to be and I'm glad I went on that blind date and listened to my friends so well awesome for your cousin to know that you guys would be such a good yeah he said that's the only guy he would have ever set me up with and he was a perfect match for me so it all worked out that is like one of the coolest stories I have ever heard. And good for your friends. You can't say no to a soldier coming. Yes, I was about to say no a blind date for three days. No way. Yeah. But. Well, and like, I don't know. I've never been on a blind wait, no, I don't think I've ever been on a blind date. At least not a memorable one, apparently. But to fly like flying isn't cheap, you know? Like it's not just like you're Well, I will say my husband did pay for my ticket. Um, He paid for my own hotel room, obviously. He went all out for me. So that was very gentlemanly and um, major perk and points for him. So (laughs) That That is so awesome. So you get married after six months. I'm assuming since he had just come home from a deployment, not a lot had happened as far as like going away. He wouldn't have been deployed again in those six months. But what happened after you got married? So um, we got married in December. And then that um, February, we moved to Germany. Um, He basically dropped me in a little German village in Germany, waiting for my household goods, and went to the field for a month. I didn't have household goods. I didn't have um, internet. I didn't have a TV I didn't have anything. So I would drive and you're to not, post. 
you're not on post, you're in a village. Yeah, so we're in, in, so when we got there, we didn't have kids. We were a young couple, and um, the on post housing obviously was for um, families with children priority. Okay. Um, and there just wasn't any space for us. So after being in a hotel for like three weeks, they told us, all right, you guys are going to have to live off post. Mm-hmm. So we found this little village, this little tiny house in a village about 20 minutes from post. Um, surrounded by farm fields, there was a brewery, a butcher, and a church. Um, and then it was like a couple of houses, and that was it. <laughs> so I had no household goods. And he's like, I got to go to the field for a month. Um, and I'm new. I'm new at this yeah. military wife thing. Um, so I was like, okay, I guess. So I had no furniture. Um, I had no internet. I went, I drove to post, bought um, a DVD set of the show 24. <laughs> I only, I only allowed to watch, uh, I only allowed myself to watch like two a day so that I could like span it out. <laughs> and I would drive to post every day just to go to the food court for lunch to take up time. I mean, I was struggling. Yeah. That was rough. Um, oh, so, so you know no one. It's not like you've met anybody from his unit. No. You haven't met FRG. You no. obviously aren't probably aren't communicating with the villagers. I'm assuming they didn't speak English. No, no. So I will say about a month, month bo- I mean, about a week before they got home, um, I was at the car shop, sitting at the car shop, um, getting new tires. So I was going to be there for like four hours. And this woman walked in and I don't know how we started talking, but she said, Oh, what company is your husband in? And I, and I told her what company and she's like, my husband is too. She's like, do you want to go get some coffee with me? Are you like stuck here? And I was like, yes, thank you. (laughs) Yes. So she took me to get coffee. Um, we picked up her daughter from school that day and went to a park. Like I was so desperate for any sort of adult conversation that, um, I just went with this lady who said her husband was in my husband's company and thank goodness she like found me that day because we became friends and she was my first friend in Germany. Mm -hmm. But, um, that's what I mean. Like putting yourself out there. I feel like in normal situations, um, I would have like spoke to someone and then, you know, like have a great day and like probably never would have seen that person again. But, um, in that sort of environment, I'm sure she could sense that I was like desperate not to sit at a car shop for five hours. And, um, she picked me up and we became fast friends. So, well, and how easy would it have been for her, even if she had offered and like extended that hand, how easy would it have been for you to be like, Oh, well, no. Cause like, were you an outgoing person? Like that's not just something that's super comfortable to do to say, yeah, I'll hang out with you total stranger and go get in your car. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. I would have been like, Oh no, that's okay. Um, but I think because, um, you were on a military base, you feel like everybody is in the same situation as you. Uh-huh. Um, we connected on the level that our husbands were in the same company. Um, and I think you just, I think being on an American base in such a foreign land, um, it just felt more, uh, it just felt more comfortable, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and because I was in the situation I was, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go get coffee with you without <laughs> even like thinking of it. 
So I think it's just a unique situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that's just an instance where you have to put yourself out there and be willing to say yes and, and hope that you can make a connection. That's really loud. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Hope you can make a connection. Yeah. So, so were like, were you an outgoing person or were you just somebody who typically like back at home in Florida, where would you consider yourself an outgoing person or were you somebody who just kind of kept to herself and her core group of friends? Yes, I was definitely an introvert. I, I'm an outgoing person in my group of friends, but I'm never one to put myself out there first. Um, I also tend to, um, I think people think that maybe I'm a little standoffish, but I'm just shy. Like I'm genuinely a shy person. Um, and I think little by little I've had to learn to, um, put myself out there and like not fear rejection so much and like try and extend an olive branch to people who I feel like I would connect with. Um, and I don't think that's like a normal, I don't think it's a normal thing to like walk into a coffee or walk into a auto shop and be like, do you want to go get coffee and, you know, accept. And, um, I've learned over the years that that's exactly what you have to do in these sort of instances to meet people when you move so much or else almost you're going to be stranded at home with nobody. And I think that's the hardest part of military life so far. But after nine years, um, it gets easier with each duty station. (laughs) Okay. But how, like, how do you do that? How do you let go of that fear of rejection or just the, I don't, I can't even like describe what the fears are, but just like, it's uncomfortable. Let go of those uncomfortable things. Was it just, you decided, okay, to survive this, I have to, I have to do something. And then all of a sudden you could, or what were the, what did those little instances look like for you? Well, I think, uh, and because this was the first time where I was truly felt isolated, like I moved across, you know, I I was so far away from family. I had no friends. My husband, my new husband had just picked up and left for a month. I was living on a mattress on a floor. And I think that pushed me that day, you know, after three weeks of like watching the same show and going to the food court every day by myself. um, I think that gave me the little nudge to, put myself out there. And I think from very early on, I realized that, okay, this is what I'm going to have to do from now on, um, to be able to not, um, isolate myself because there's no other way to meet people when you move somewhere new. And as often as you do in the military, you have to start over every time. So it's very easy because I am shy just to keep to myself and come home every day and like not build a community around myself. But I know that's not what's going to help me thrive or help me be successful or keep me sane really. Um, Cause it gets very lonely. So I think that was my first experience of, okay, 
this is how my life is going to be now, and this is what I'm going to have to do in order to make sure that I, I set myself up for success, really. And you were, that's like, if ever there's a story of baptism by fire, I feel like that's one, like, literally isolated, put, and then he leaves. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, that's just, you can't get more baptism by fire than that. Yeah. I think, I know I've seen a lot of girls, and even, like, myself, I, like, I kind of tend to hide behind Austin or my kids, and like I was super out, quote unquote, outgoing as a teenager and stuff. But then that changed a lot after we got married, and I realized like I was super comfortable as a teenager and with my friends. And it's easy to branch out when you've got three other people right behind you doing the same thing. But as a military wife, I like hide behind Austin because he's the person who can totally go to anybody, talk about that kind of stuff. Like, for me, it's been so much slower. So what would you say to the person who's who's been around a year or two and is just, like, slowly deteriorating is kind of the only word I can think of. You know what I mean? Like, yes. you had three weeks of being completely alone and then you realize something's got to change. I think a lot of other people, it's like the slow, we've been somewhere for a year, we don't have any friends, this is a new place you know, what the heck am I doing? What would you say to that person? I would say, um, think about the things you enjoy, what you enjoy doing. Um, I can give you another example. So, uh, when I moved to Clarksville after Germany, um, I had just had a baby and I was like, I really want to start running. Mm -hmm. I had never run before. I wasn't very good at it. Um, but I just had it in my mind that I wanted to run. And I said, okay, well now I'm going to join well, this is very hard for me, but I'm going to join a running group, a triathlon group, nonetheless, because I enjoyed swimming. And that forced me, I joined this group and you had to go, you had to go to group meetings and practices and with people who had already known each other for a very long time. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, like, I don't know what to do. And they all like have backstories and um, they were so welcoming. And I just found this family and these friends and that's how I flourished. Um, And I, so I found something that I like wanted to do. I enjoyed a hobby, um, something new. And I forced myself to go. And I think the first couple of times that I joined this run group, there was like practice on a Thursday and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go on Thursday. And then Thursday would come around and I'm like, I can't do it. Like, I don't know anyone. I'm having social anxiety. Like I can't do it. So I think a couple of weeks had passed with that. Okay. I'm going to go today on Tuesday and then Tuesday would come and I'd be like, Oh, I can't, I can't do it. And I would like cancel. Um, and then finally I, I, uh, was like, okay, like I have to just go and experience this. And, um, and I think after that, it was probably the best decision I've ever made. And I made so many friends that I still talk to now, seven years later and, you know, five years later. Um, so I think it's just like finding something you're interested in, making up your mind that you're going to um, commit to it and that you're going to be open and that you're going to let yourself um, be vulnerable, really. 
and um, then you'll be connected and, and meet people and um, start those lifelong friendships. But I think it really starts within yourself. And it's scary. It's probably the scariest thing I've ever been through and done. And you're going to have to do it multiple times with each move, which is the hard part. So, um, yeah. I think that's like the worst part. It's like I can, I feel like I can muster up the gusto and the the guts once. But then it's like, it's going to have to happen again in three more years or you know, whatever, but it's, I don't know, I guess, I guess I can say I've gotten better over the years. I do think it gets easier with time. It definitely gets easier over the years. I want to take a quick break from the interview to share something that has really helped me lately called Productivity Bootcamp by Jordan Page. If you are feeling constantly behind on life, anxious, stressed, disorganized, or like you're just burning out, I have something I really think will help you. I was there. I'm always there. (laughs) Swallowed up by so many new changes, kids, all of these things that are so good, but I couldn't seem to figure out how to make things work. I never was able to get things to really click for our family. But then I found an online course called productivity bootcamp and it has helped me figure out so many things. What I love most and why I'm sharing it with you guys is because this course is super moldable to your life. This is unlike any other course I've seen out there. So I do have an affiliate link on in the show notes and on my Instagram bio if you'd like to go and support the podcast. But just know I am very particular in the companies I let support and sponsor the podcast because I truly only want to share things that will help you thrive. And I know this is one of those things. So go check out those links and let's get back to the interview. So this is our fourth, no, wait, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so this is our fifth move. Um, and when I got here, we had been stationed at Fort Campbell before, and then we went to Benning, and then we came back to Fort Campbell, and when we came back to Fort Campbell, everybody I had known was gone. So I was starting from zero. This is a year ago. Um, and my son started kindergarten, and we went into his Thanksgiving feast, and there was this other mom there that I was talking to, and I connected with her right away. I knew I was going to be friends with her. Um, so I said, let me get your number, and we're going to go to coffee. And you could tell she looked at me like, what? And she, like, took my number hesitantly, thinking, this girl's crazy, because I just said, okay, well, we're going to go to coffee, and basically we're going to be friends, and I'll see you next week. And... um we're, we've been inseparable ever since we formed this friendship. And for the last almost year now, we've, we've been really close. And I found out she lives right down the street and our kids play with my kids. Um, and she said to me, she's like, I thought you were crazy that day. And I asked my husband even, should I go to coffee with this girl? Right. Um, and I said, that was me seven, eight, nine years ago. Um, but aren't you glad you came to coffee with me? And so now I feel like I am not that girl in the car shop anymore, but my friend that came in that day to rescue me. So now, so then it was like a role reversal for you guys. Yeah. Or for, just for you. You go from the girl in the auto shop stranded and desperate to seeing, it's almost like you, you've developed 
like like an audacity, the audacity to be friendly, which is like weird in this day and age. I feel like like it's it's weird to just automatically like talk to people even sitting in the car shop you know like that's just not necessarily something people do anymore but like what's the alternative as a military spouse you're just gonna be lonely for a long time until somebody has that that audacity and it's still really hard for me like I had to like almost the entire time I was talking to this girl at our kids um Thanksgiving event I had to like muster up the courage to be like can I get your number let's go to coffee like I want to be friends with you um and it probably for the two hours that we were talking I was like okay I'm gonna do it I'm gonna ask her for her number like and I did it and um thank goodness that I did it because she has been one of my greatest friends here and we talk about it all the time like thank goodness that day like we connected and, and, you know, she's like, thank goodness you got my number. And I tell her all the time, like, it, it was hard for me to be like, okay, can I get your, it's almost like, you know, yeah, like you have to put yourself to out there for rejection. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, like, that's do you want to be my friend? <laughs> As military spouses, we get to ask a lot of people out on first dates. Like, yeah. <laughs> you want like, can, can we, can we, or that, um, whatever that sketch was like years ago, can I have your number? Like, yeah. can I have it? Can I? Yeah. Please? Pretty please? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So but I, as you're like saying this, like mustering up, it's like, okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Like, even though we're military spouses and we're strong and we're adaptable and we're flexible and all these things, it's like, okay, but even if it's our, fifth time or seventh time like it's okay that you still have to muster up I think it's just like you just got to keep trying like don't close yourself off don't tell yourself that like you're tired of doing it and now it's somebody else's turn to reach out to you you know like yeah not gonna get you anywhere yeah and some people you just won't be their cup of tea and you might you know like you might get rejected, but the alternative is loneliness. The alternative is never knowing and being at home and being by yourself. And I think, I think that really is the hardest part of being a military spouse is feeling isolated and, and feeling lonely and getting trapped in this cycle of like not being able to pull yourself out of a funk because mm-hmm. you feel this way but also the alternative is having to like go up to people and be like hey do you want to hang out which is the scariest thing also so right it's just finding this balance of you know like having the courage to step outside your comfort zone you're also going to be friends with a lot of people that at home you probably would have never been friends not never been friends with but wouldn't have stepped outside your circle or your bubble to experience different people if that makes sense yeah yeah um so I think that is a learning experience too you you get the like honor really of meeting people from 
all walks of life from every state, from other countries, from other cultures that in your little bubble at home, you would have never got to experience. And, you know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, just instead of, I guess it's like having a a mind shift, like instead of thinking I'm not with my people, I'm not in my comfort zone, this isn't like what I'm used to seeing it as the, seeing the opportunity in it to get exposed to more people, but also like the blessings that come from the, the new, the new types of people. And like, I don't know, not, not that you're necessarily going to be like so cultural or anything, you know what I mean? But just the different experiences that you get from different kinds of people and the huge blessings that come from that. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm just like, I'm still just so, I don't know, flabbergasted or astonished or in awe. All those kind of words. Like, you were literally put in a foreign village by yourself weeks after getting married. Like, that just is so intense. So I, I admire your, your willingness and your ability to like, not completely break down. Cause I think, I know I would have like lost my marbles. And... But I think that was probably the best lesson or the best thing that maybe could have happened because I, I had no one to hide or hide behind, you know, like I had to figure out how to be, independent and strong and make myself happy because after he got back from the field after a month he, he was home for another two and then he deployed for a year mm. so um but at that point in time because he was in the field and I did meet that um friend I had already started building my community and when they're home, it's easy to stay in your bubble. You want to be with your family. You love being around your husband. Uh-huh. Um, but inevitably, they're going to leave. So I felt like then when he deployed, I, um, I started teaching preschool on base, on post. Um, met a lot of wonderful people through, through teaching um, mm-hmm. for that year. Who were all, all our husbands were deployed <laughs> together. So we all had each other. Um, so that helped me really grow and, and met a lot of people. So I think in times when they are gone mm-hmm. is the time when the mo- I, I personally have had the most growth because it's been the time where you don't have a crutch and you yeah. don't have, you know, that like bubble or that husband to hide behind. It's like you, just you, you got to make it happen. You got to figure it out. Um, and then you find that most people around you in military communities are going through the exact same thing, are mm-hmm. feeling the exact same way. And you could probably sit next to each other without speaking to each other and never know that you're going through the same thing or yearning for the same thing. Um, but I think it forces you to look to the person next to you and be like, how are you? What are you guys doing? Like, what is your experience? And then you find that you're going through the same thing and you're like, okay, well, let's be friends. Yeah. <laughs> so. let's, let's just make this easier on both of us. Yeah. Give somebody. That makes so much sense. 
I like it. Thank you. I don't know. Thank you for being so willing to share. Cause I know it's again, it's not easy to like be vulnerable and share, but I, it's, I know it's even just helpful for me to hear, like, I'm not the only one who has to do this every time to like muster, muster up, but kind of like what you said, it's like, it's do or die. Like we have the, the alternative is something that I have to remind myself every time is like, I, I don't want to be alone. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to talk to people either and like put myself yeah. out there, but <laughs> I really don't want to be alone. Like the alternative loneliness is, is such a, a dark place that we don't want to be. And I think that so many military wives struggle in that aspect. I think that's probably one of the main things if you talk to a big group of military wives, like what is the hardest part is the loneliness and the isolation and the struggle to make friends. And I think a lot of people are more similar than they could ever imagine. And the fact that like they want to have a community and they want to have like friends and they want to not be alone, but also it's very, very scary to put yourself out there and to try and make friends and put yourself in new situations and awkward situations and anxious situations. Um, and it's easier just to be like, okay, never mind. I'm going to stay home. Like, I don't want to do that. Um, so it is. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like we have to um, weigh the options in like immediate safety and comfort versus long-term. Like it's so much more in the moment, comfortable to not do the anxiety driven and scary things, but in the long run, it's better for us. And we just have to keep that perspective, even though it's really hard. (laughs) Yes. It's very hard. It is. Okay. I'm just like, your whole story is so, it's so fascinating to me, but, um, so how can people connect with you if they are just loving what you're saying and you're speaking their language, if they want to say hi to you and thank you for your wisdom that you shared, what's a good way for people to connect with you? So they can connect with me on Instagram. My personal page is at hey.poindexter. Um, so if anyone out there just wants to connect or put themselves out there or chat or, you know, talk about anything, um, they can message me there. Um, and my photography page is at KP photo co. Um, and if they want a session or need family pictures or Christmas pictures, they can check me out there. But, um, yeah, I'm always, um, there to chat for anyone who needs it because I've lived it. I've been there. I understand and I get it. So, um, love it. Okay, last question. What is your key to thriving you'd like to share with your fellow waiting warriors? Keep my key to thriving. Put yourself out there. Be willing to embrace new situations and know that it's going to be scary. There's going to be some anxiety in it. I know, I understand, I've been there. But you have got to build yourself a community of people that will help you thrive, that will get you out of the house, that will enjoy new experiences with you mm-hmm. when your husband is away um, so that you don't get stuck. Yeah. Okay, last question. Totally going back to the middle of the interview. How did you find that triathlon group? Because you talked about, like, having the things, like, connecting okay. with people about things that you love. How did you find that group? Did Was it 
So um, I actually just Googled triathlon clubs in Clarksville. <laughs> okay. And they have a triathlon or Clarksville triathlon club, but it actually wasn't until I got to Fort Benning um, that I joined the triathlon club. It was Chattahoochee triathlon club. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just Googled triathlon clubs in my area and um, clicked on a link and it brought me to their Facebook page and I messaged them. Hey, I'm interested. I'm very new to the sport. I'm not very good. And, um, they, the president of the club just wrote me back and said, we have lots of new people. We would love to have you come join us. Um, so I did. And that's awesome. Okay. So yeah. you did the scary thing. You thought of the box. I wouldn't have thought of Googling for a club. I don't know. I guess it's like, that's not where I look for clubs, but that makes sense. Everything's on Google. Yeah. And you'd be surprised. I mean, there's a triathlon club here yeah. at Fort Campbell. There's a triathlon club in Fort Benning. I mean, I'm sure there's one at almost everywhere you go. So um, right. whatever you're interested in, I'm sure there's a club or group or people out there that have the same interests. Yeah. So okay. I just realized, like, I didn't ask that, but that's actually a really good question. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kara. Again, guys, reach out to her. Say thank you. Let her know what you learned. What th- Tell her thank you for the bravery because I know I feel more brave after talking to her. Like I'm not can go muster up the courage to talk to more people. And guys, go and do something, especially if you don't feel like you have your people where you are. Find them. Google whatever group you want to be a part of. <laughs> See if it's around. Check out the local, if you're Army, it's MWR. I don't know about all the other branches, but there's got to be something around there for you that you can, some sort of club group that you can join. And then tell us how it goes, because I'm really curious what kind of groups you guys find out there. But we are going to go. Thank you, Kara. We both are holding babies. It has been a feat getting this episode, so guys feel loved because we've been doing it with babies in tow and all you waiting warriors out there you guys have a great week thanks again Kara bye hey friends if you are loving the content here and want some more waiting warrior action check us out at Instagram or Facebook the handle is the waiting warrior no s or check out the website thewaitingwarriors.com and make sure you get on our mail list we have some really awesome things coming up have a great day